2: Back in the Cold War, when there was Russia and the United States, there was an agreement, a mutual agreement, that we're not going to push that button, because if we push that button, everybody loses. We're going to guard the words we use. We're not going to use weapons of mass destruction. There are certain words and tones and conversations that everyone loses if you hit that button, yet so many are willing to do that.
0: Because we're two different people, we have two different backgrounds. We carry in all of our luggage, all of our past trauma, all of the ways that we were raised. We're two. flesh becoming one. is Sounds poetic, but that's a gruesome process.
3: Dear young married couple, you're in a busy season of your life. You're probably working and involved in ministry. On top of that, you might even be parents or students. You're maxed, but you really want to stay connected in your marriage.
1: And that's why we're bringing this podcast to you.
3: I'm Adam King.
1: And I'm Carissa King. And we work with busy couples just like you in our counseling office here in Sacramento, California. We also work with couples all over the world through online counseling. And our couples are really just looking for ways to communicate with each other more effectively. Some of them are looking to heal from a breach in trust or find direction in fulfilling the purpose that God has for them.
3: So come and join us as we have a conversation. We'll talk with therapists authors, pastors, and other couples who will pour into us, giving us tools to become more intimately connected, get adventurous, and find purpose. All right, today we're going to talk about a subject that I think every single married couple deals with. Maybe a lot more at the beginning of the of the relationship,
1: perhaps or different stages throughout their relationship.
3: Yeah, and 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 today we're going to talk about arguing or the fight or bickering and then how do we come out of that how do we resolve the conflict and what goes wrong in the fight
1: and i'm really excited because we have some experts here with us matthew and sabrina schlesinger they are the creators of two podcasts uh parenting on the go and marriage on the go and we're both fans of those podcasts um so welcome matt and sabrina Thank you! Hi! Well, we are expert fighters, so
2: yes. (laughs) We're experts at having conflict. Yeah, we
0: are.
3: (laughs) So that you should know how it goes.
1: Yes. That's great. So this is is an awesome topic, and Matthew and Sabrina actually have five rules that they're going to share with us for arguing well, or as they call it, rules to the knife fight. And so mm-hmm. we're going to we're gonna dive into that. But before we do, we want to hear a little bit about you guys uh, and your background. How long have you guys been married?
2: We're about to approach our 20-year mark. So yes. we are Congrats. well into the double digits, which sounds weird because I feel like I'm still in my 20s, but in reality, I'm in my 40s. So. We,
0: we're having to really own the middle-aged title, which is a really weird yeah, thought. Sure like <laughs> but we are for sure middle-aged. Take
3: so it yeah. and just own it.
0: Yeah,
2: we we love being married. We're best friends. We have five kids for uh excuse well, me, we don't kids. we
0: do not have five kids. <laughs> I'm like, where did this fifth come from? because we have a bunch of dogs. So Your I dogs. Yeah, there see. you go. You guys <laughs> have that golden doodles me for a minute. I'm like, we're about to have an argument right here. <laughs> that.
2: Four children. That's why I have Sabrina in my life. She (laughs) helps me get my number of kids right. (laughs) Three teenage daughters, and we adopted a little boy Mm. a number of years ago. He's eight years old. His name is Sean. So we've got a full quiver, and I told God, I'm happy with this quiver this full. Yeah. We're loving life.
1: (laughs) We're hoping he's happy with that, too. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Love it. And you guys are in Oceanside, California, where it's always sunny. Well, it's
0: not today.
1: We're having rain <sighs> oh, this really? last week,
0: but um, but most of the time it is. And we pastor a church um, in Oceanside, California, and we've been the lead pastors here for seven years. Before yes. that, we grew up in the Northwest, but we okay. were born to be Southern Californians.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, g- glad you're in your uh, natural habitat now.
0: Me too. We Me really too.
3: <laughs> so tell us a little bit, since you have all that experience. You probably, and um, probably see a lot of marriages in what you do. What goes, what do you often see, like the patterns? What goes wrong when we're arguing? Um, What do you commonly see?
2: I think for starters, out the gate, typically we see people that are very concerned with just the fact that they're having conflict. I think they feel like if there's conflict, they're not normal. Mm. and i think a lot of people spend a lot of energy and time trying to avoid conflict and we even have people come to us because we do meet with a lot of couples we have a passion to help marriages and there seems to be a common line of thought that that if your marriage is healthy and happy you don't have conflict which i think is so erroneous it's It's not reality.
0: But yeah, when people ask us, they're like, do you guys ever fight? And we're like, you mean today? Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We fight often, but we fight well. Mm,
1: That's good.
2: So we're always, it seems to be constant, we're always encouraging couples that just because you're having conflict doesn't mean your marriage is bad. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of couples are often trying to be compatible instead of learning how to navigate through their incompatibilities and their differences and- we, that's why we call this rules to the knife fight. Because I think a lot of people just in general have never been taught how to communicate and how to walk through the, the really the minefield of conflict and difficulty and challenges, mm-hmm. disagreements, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And so it just, it usually gets worse. And the reality is conflict, I think, can become something beautiful that brings you closer together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all that to say is I I think a lot of couples are trying to avoid conflict. I don't think you should go looking for it. I guess it'll
3: delicious. find you.
0: It'll find you all yeah. on its own. Let me let me ask you. So good.
3: What a what about a, a couple, you know, I don't know, a few years maybe into their relationship that prides themselves in never arguing?
0: Oh yeah. We've had those. We've had people that have been married for 50 years that have prided themselves in never having an argument. And usually in those cases, there is one that's dominant and one that is not. And there has been a lot of stuffing
1: Hmm.
0: and um, enabling that has gone on. Um, I I, I don't know. I guess I'm never really that impressed by someone who says they've never had conflict. Because I'm like, well, then what do you guys talk about? Because you're two different people. Um, Conflict isn't a negative. Conflict can be a pathway to intimacy, if mm. we allow it to be. That's true. So, yeah, yeah. What I say is, then someone's probably not being honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If yes. you're telling me you've never had conflict, then one of you isn't being honest.
3: Because we know that we both are different people.
0: Yeah, we're two flesh becoming one is sounds poetic, but that's a gruesome process. <laughs> like that's a <laughs> bloody process, you guys. Right. And yes. that doesn't happen. I mean. Supernaturally, it happens overnight when we get married um, under God, but the process of becoming two flesh, becoming one, that's not pretty. That's also not easy. Mm-hmm. And um so yeah, because we're two different people, we have two different backgrounds, we carry in all of our luggage, all of our past trauma all of the ways that we were raised, our values, our parental training that we got from our parents or lack thereof, how can someone go into marriage and not have even an irritation at some point that he left the bathroom seat up open again? Like, come on, (laughs) someone's not being honest. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: And talk about those two things, enabling and stuffing. I think those are the two things you brought up that Mm -hmm. you'd be you would think would are happening if there wasn't arguing going on hey friends we'll be right back to our interview but one quick note if you love what you're listening to you might also enjoy going through our card decks that we designed to help couples stay connected and in each other's world
1: so there's foundations which is our starter deck and it's all about boosting your communication skills and then there's sexpectations which is all about spicing up your intimate connection. And then there's Realizations, which is a deck for all couples, but especially dating or engaged couples who want to see how well they really know each other. So grab a deck or two, or three, by heading over to our website, dearyoungmarriedcouple dot slash cards.
3: All right, back to the show.
0: Yeah, I think I think a lot of times I'm thinking of some couples that we've even talked with. Uh, we are not therapists. We're not counselors we would not make good ones. You guys make good ones. Um, So let's just put that out there. So when we talk with people- You do a lot (laughs) of talking with people people,
1: though, that's for sure. Yeah.
0: When we talk with them, um, I think there's so many factors for why some people stuff. Um, There's there's intimidation that sometimes they feel from one spouse. Uh, Maybe they grew up seeing their dad blow up at their mom or vice versa when she tried to be honest. And they're like, they locked that in as I'm never doing that. Maybe they did have an experience with their spouse that they did try to share and it was not received well. They weren't a safe place, a safe harbor to share their concerns. And so they just make that, okay, I'm stuffing it. I'm just going to, that didn't work. I'm never going there again. I'm not touching that hot iron again. Yeah, it's unsafe. So I think that's that's a reason why a lot of people stuff. I'm sure there's a lot more reasons than that that we can dive into. And enabling, we see a lot too, where especially wives, more than men, we see wives enable their husbands um, for so many reasons, fear that they'll leave, Um, fear of financial future. Uh, We see them enabled because they're so insecure and they don't know their own worth and their value. Um, not that they, you need to be argumentative, but you can be assertive and loving at the same time. Um, we've seen enabling because guilt. Yeah. And and manipulation or because that's how they were raised. That's the only model they've seen. And that's what they know to do is you just sweep that under the carpet and you turn a blind eye Mm -hmm. or you fix it or you rescue it and you make it all better.
3: Mm. And after five years, 10 years of rug sweeping or under the rug sweeping, we generally see something happens.
0: Mm -hmm. We do too. I mean, you guys know this. Uh, Emotions have to come out and they can either come out healthy by our choices and by great coping skills or they're going to come out negatively negatively. And, but they always come out mm-hmm. one way or another. Yes. So yeah, after 5 years of stuffing, enabling, getting pushed aside, not being able to have a place to to speak honestly about the things that are bothering you with your spouse, that's going to end poorly. Yeah. And that's why you guys probably even more than us are getting people when their car is broken down on the side of the road and they're like, "Now what? We have a mess on our hands." So our hope is Let's, let's teach them, let's teach people and give them some tools before they're broken down on the side of the road to deal with honest communication. I mean, communication is so important in marriage, so important in life, but uh, man, even more so in marriage, you have got, we've got to do everything we can to be students of how to communicate continually better.
3: I like how you said students this it's a continual learning process about yourself within the marriage, but also you're trying to learn your spouse.
0: 100%.
3: Um, I love that. That's good.
1: You guys are talking about barriers to arguing well, and we focused mainly on the stuffing and the enabling piece. Can we talk about the other end of that spectrum when people tend to just blow up? There's maybe abusive language or even physical abuse. I'm sure as pastor, you see that sometimes too, you know, couples scheduling these, um, counseling sessions last minute, you know, or because they're in Mm -hmm. the middle of something like a crisis. Can you, can you share a little bit about what you see on that? Absolutely.
2: The most common we see, and there's, there's a variety, but this is not an exhaustive list, but some of the most common is there's usually the blame game going on. And I I mean, that started back in the garden of Eden. at, very beginning, as soon as sin crept into humanity, they started pointing the finger at one another and Lord, mm-hmm. this woman you gave me, it's her fault. She's broke. Take her back. And, and there's, they're passing the buck. And I think that's wired in our human nature. Most counseling sessions I have with couples, it's really hard to get an individual to actually look within first and consider that maybe possibly perchance, a slim their chance they might have actually done something to contribute to the problem mm-hmm. so that's always a huge barrier for couples to get over to take the focus off the other um, there's some other other bad practices of just poor communication I think people I think that's maybe why you see it so dysfunctional in the five-year what they call the seven-year itch in marriage because they have seven years of really lousy habits that they've developed and how they relate to each other, Mm -hmm. treat each other. And like Sabrina said, it's, it really does boil down to just poor communication. Yeah. And like one of, one of the rules to our knife fight is we're going to guard the words we use. We're not going to use weapons of mass destruction. Those are the words that everybody blows up back in the cold war. When there was Russia and the United States, there was, an agreement, a mutual agreement that we're not going to push that button because if we push that button, they're going to push that. Everybody loses. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) There are certain words and tones and phrases, conversations that everyone loses. If you hit that button yet, so many are willing to do that. Like for example, using the divorce word, uh, we just we eliminate that. I think that needs to be eliminated from a marriage that the D word is not in our vocabulary. We're not going to threaten with that. We're not going to reach a boiling point and hold that over somebody's head. So when we talk about rules to the knife fight, it's not people say knife fight. That sounds pretty severe. But <laughs> these are rules so you don't harm one another in your conflict mm-hmm. resolution. Or don't
3: pull the knives out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I would say this too, um, in in response to your question, I think what we see a lot of, and we see it in ourselves, is a tendency to either withhold. And so now the, the way that that person that even is explosive at times withholds love, they withhold communication, they withhold affection. It's a very passive aggressive way of dealing with it or on, on, so that's more of Matthew's tendency. My tendency is I become the lawyer. I lawyer up and I'm like, you know, I can like talk you down and I'm going to state the case. I'm going to share every angle until you get it. And, it and that, that tends to exhaust him and push him even further into a place of retreat because I'm so intense. And, For some reason i get really good at talking when i'm upset so and and
3: generally men get worse yeah because of their heightened state of arousal like their heart gets above 100 beats per minute and our frontal lobes start shutting off so when you have heightened emotions and aren't at that level where your brain's shutting off you're remembering more words Right, <laughs>
0: I'm remembering all the words Ex- exactly. <laughs> all twenty years, yeah. Nope. There's actually, from yeah, 20 years. There's science behind this. Yep. I, I
3: think there. People think, oh, why does this happen to us? And it happened to us at the very beginning. Yeah, I got, sure. I got tired of Chris saying, "No, you did say that." And after a while, I was like, "I okay, I probably did, but I don't remember it." But I'm
2: still mad. <laughs> <laughs> Can relate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys mentioned, Matt, you, you brought in one of the um, rules. Um, so, if you could restate that rule and we'll uh, follow that with the next rule of the five.
0: Well, let's start with uh, our first rule, which is seeking first to understand. Okay. Which I think is the basic of all of our rules. This, and we did not come up with this. We did like a two year um, courtship before we got married. Mm-hmm. I would call it a two year premarital counseling session. It was super intense and awesome and really laid our foundation. And wow. his father, who was a pastor as well, was highly involved in that. And uh, every chance he could get, he was throwing books at us to read all on communication. Oh, How that's awesome! In real, es- in real estate, it's location, location, location. In marriage, it's communication, communication, communication. Yeah, that's good. And so he had us read um, the seven highly effective habits of People? The Seven Habits the seven of habits Highly habits Effective People. Yeah. Fra- isn't that Franklin Covey? That Stephen yep. Covey? Stephen or C- Stephen Covey. Stephen Covey. Sorry, yeah. 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 And uh, so we learned this one out of the gate from them, from that book, nice. Seeking First to Understand Before Being Understood, which is a lot easier to say mm. than to do yeah. in the heat of the moment. Mm. But this is important for us when I bring a grievance to Matthew then he gets to play the role of seeking first to understand me, not agree with me, which is a big difference. And we talk about that all the time. You don't have to agree with what I'm feeling. You don't have to agree with what I'm saying, but I am asking that you understand and get into my shoes and try to understand why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. Sabrina, can I ask you a question about
3: that? Yeah. Uh huh. Do you feel that sometimes you're trying to force the feeling on him? Like maybe at first when you first started using this, like, you must feel it and I'm not going to leave it until you feel it or I <laughs> oh, agree sure. with me.
0: I, I for sure, I think began, especially with confusing understanding with agreement. And so out of the gate, I had, I, we had to switch that real quick because yeah, my version of you understand means you are now on my side. You see my point of view and you are 100% in agreement, which that wasn't all the case. And so that had to shift for me. And yeah, the lawyer up in me definitely could go that way with him time and time again. I still have to be careful with that because oh, it sure. is is—it yeah. is my default.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Yeah.
3: And what, what, would, what would be the second?
0: The second rule to the night fight is what we call the grown-up timeout. Mm. This is... Such an important practice for us and and we have rules even within this rule okay um, so you know we were sharing earlier, we have moments where i 'm lawy- law- lawyering up and he is retreating into the corner because he just can't handle me at all that time and and to the point where then he will get to the boiling point and be just like ah and and freak out or get so angry, and he'll walk out, and that's that was, that's his, the, that has been his um, first reaction when it starts getting to a pl- place where he's feeling emotionally at a five, you mm-hmm. know, like one to five. He's like ready to murder me, right? <laughs> so, to avoid hurting me with his words or even hurting me physically, he would just leave and leave for a couple hours. And I would be sitting there, and now this is triggering all of my rejection. That that I've experienced and so it's just this vicious cycle that would happen, but yet he needed to escape and quite honestly I did too. Mm. So we implemented in our first year of marriage We're gonna call a timeout at times and not both of us can do it at any time We are feeling like our emotions are rising so high that we are going to start saying things or doing things that can hurt and harm One another Mm. and so within our rules, we say we actually say hey, I need a break I need a timeout, mm-hmm. but we don't just say that we also have to have a determined amount of time yes. that that's going to be so that there is a, I get closure of, okay, this is on pause. I'm going to have 10, 15 minutes, maybe a couple hours. We don't really do more than that. Um, we're we're going to come back and revisit this in a few hours after our emotions have had time to settle and we can actually think right again instead of thinking out of all of our emotions and rage yes
1: it
0: really it really is it's not open-ended but it's an
2: opportunity with a purpose to get right perspective and oftentimes in prayer god will step in there and help reevaluate so when we come back to whatever the conflict is around you have a whole different state of mind and it is so much easier when your emotions are not so flared up Mm
1: -hmm. right so good uh,
2: adults need timeout
1: yes
3: I love it and maybe when you're doing the you know timeout you can go back to step one and revisit Often we do that can exactly. I see it from their point of view can I exactly. feel what they're feeling I don't have to agree, but I can come right. back now absolutely do you prescribe an amount of time to that timeout
0: it it depends on every situation also just looking at our time frame yeah. um, you know, if we're, if we're about to, to go minister and preach, we're like, Hey, we better <laughs> this time, <laughs> this time out's going to be short because we need to get right before we go on stage um, or we go minister to people. Um, sometimes if he's going to work, it's like, Hey, I've got to go to work, but I want to revisit this tonight when we have some time alone. And so let's, after we get the kids to bed, let's revisit this. So, um, it, every time, every time's different, but we don't go more than 24 hours. We don't make this prolonged because for, I don't know how it is for a man, but for most women, that's, that's just a lot for us to carry. Men can compartmentalize and kind of set that aside and do their stuff. And for women, most of us are one big room and everything is in the room. And so that's hard for us to go about our daily stuff while we're still carrying the weight yep. of that argument and it's not resolved. That's right.
3: We do the same same hmm. thing we use timeouts yep. we've used them for a long long time and we know how effective they are
1: game changer
3: so if every Please. anybody's listening that has a lot of arguments that get very escalated these sure. are amazing these really are amazing but I know we're kind of talking in the context or maybe it's assumed that this is highly escalated instances Matthew, do you find yourself using these maybe when it's not even escalated, but when you're kind of one tracking, like you're in the middle of a project and your wife brings something to you that's maybe a little on a different side of your brain, like emotional or, (laughs) and you're like, I just can't handle taking that in right now. Or you just came out of a long session or something and you're just not in the right frame of mind to listen the way that she needs you to listen.
2: Yeah, I think that would be actually wise. I think that's good communication and self-awareness. And the goal is so you can serve one another and discuss whatever whatever topics with some honesty and and truth and love. So yeah, I'm not not the greatest multitasker. So I'm kind of like a one-track mind guy. So if I'm in a zone on something and she wants to come share her heart and... (laughs) talk about Pride and Prejudice and Mr. Darcy and, and I'm like, babe, I'm, I'm in the middle of this. I think there's a proper way to, to divert that. But I think for Sabrina, and I don't know if this is true for all women, they need to know that this thing's not open-ended. Like, we are going to visit this. That we're not, what you're doing, saying, sweep, sweeping it under the rug. And I think a lot of people would be tempted to do that, like, time out. I'm just hitting the eject button to get out of the pain and the pinch right now. And that's not the goal. The goal is to get under control, to get the right state of mind, the right heart and perspective, so we can tackle this thing the mm-hmm. right way.
3: How did you learn your trigger? To know that you're that you need to call a timeout, or have you ever like analyzed? Is it a feeling that you have, like a physical sensation?
2: Yeah. Well, for me personally, I wasn't aware for a few years. I'm I'm very um, emotionally slow, illiterate. Emotionally, my marriage counselor says, um, Sabrina is a fast computer with emotions and processor. I'm most of the time not aware of what emotions are going on. So we have like charts for our kids to help them discover. Are you mad? Are you happy? Mm -hmm. Are you feeling sad? Sabrina uses that chart with me.
1: (laughs) I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I actually downloaded that chart from your website and, (laughs) and, um, (laughs) used it with my daughter. But yes, you can absolutely use those emoji charts with adults too.
2: I think for me, I won't speak on behalf of all guys, but I think it is a challenge for for guys to uh, be aware of their emotions. And without a good marriage counselor in our lives to help me process what was going on internally and walking through some scenarios and beginning to point out why, why did you do that? Why would you feel mm-hmm. that way? What, what's the root here? And then it just helped me be aware in the moment afterwards of what I was feeling. Cause I do feel it. I can sense the emotions, especially anger. You yeah. just feel that rising up in your, your heartbeat. You feel that the physical effects of that. And mm. I just know me enough now that when I reach a certain point, I don't even listen anymore. Yeah, and I just, there's part of me. I'm not, I don't like it, but it's it's the reality that you just want to argue when you're angry and defend and, so the moment I began to be aware of that and was willing to admit that, that has saved us a lot of heartache yeah. and a yeah. lot of heart damage.
0: Nice. Yeah. So, so to answer your question, a counselor helped us discover what our, our top three triggers were. Good. And that was super helpful.
1: Good. Nice.
0: I don't know if we would have been able to identify that as effectively without a professional that was able to help us walk through that um, and, and come to those realities.
1: Yeah. Good. Good Good for you guys for even in your place in ministry and where you are in life and experience to not think, uh, that you're, you know, above getting some resources on board. That's, that's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So step two was that adult timeout and it's a good one. We spent a lot of time on it, folks. Golden one right there. What's step three or rule number three? Step 3 is don't go to bed angry. Mm. Mm.
0: This is um this is one we've done a lot. We've we have gone to bed angry. We have gone to bed where like I am crying my eyes out but I'm refusing to let him know so I am like trying not to even let him know I'm breathing, you know, like backs are turned. Don't touch my toe. Yeah. I'm not even alive over here. You're not, you're not going to get the satisfaction of hearing a whimper out of me. And yet everything in me is desperate, you know, for him to reach over and grab me in his arms and make it all right. So it's this weird push and pull, reject you, but come close to me, you know, constant thing we feel. Um, One thing we've learned though, about going to bed angry and, I didn't. We didn't come up with this. I think Jimmy Evans did, um, where he just talks about when we are angry, and I've experienced this when we go to bed and we are so upset still with our spouse. And I'm not talking about just like, you know, you had a little tiff, but I'm talking about when there's unresolved and you are disconnected. Mm-hmm. It said he says he. I'm not going to quote him exactly, but in essence, he's saying you're opening up yourself to have the enemy come in and whisper counsel to you then about your spouse. And I have had that happen. Like my counselor then becomes the enemy Mm. saying he never loves you. He doesn't really care. If he did, he wouldn't, you wouldn't hear him snoring right now. You know, how could dare he go to sleep? You know, and then, and then it can move from there to, well, that person would have never treated you that way. That ex, they wouldn't have they would be holding you right now. Mm-hmm. And so you can see how quickly it can turn in the midnight hour, that place of darkness and despair. The enemy's like, yes, I've got you. And now I'm going to speak words to you about your marriage that are going to be destructive. And so that's why for us, and and for a long time, he didn't realize that kind of struggle was going on with me every time we would go to bed upset until I finally got honest and said, You need to know what happens in my mind every time that we go to bed angry. You're asleep and you are dreaming. You're like wonderful. Over here, I'm thinking about an ex-boyfriend. I'm thinking about getting on Facebook and writing a message right now because I'm so desperate for connection and so desperate for someone to validate my feelings. Mm. And so I, I never did that, but you better believe that I had all of those triggers and desires and whispers yeah. to engage in those kind of relationships in those midnight hours when my heart was broken yeah. and we were not in peace with each other. Yeah. Wow!
3: Because you needed that connection. You needed some sort of connect. I, I've recently heard, and it really stood out to me. Um, the need for human connection is just as strong as food and water. And they've done studies yeah. on this, that human beings are social beings we, I mean, we're created in God's image, you know, and, and yeah. he created all of us to have that sort of that connection mm-hmm. with community. And, and so you, you, it's, we have to have that. Yeah. yeah. So when we're it's left powerful. without the, com, the community we're, we're, with, we're without the person who knows us most, knows us best, and there's no connection there, we start seeking where, well, where can I find it? If it's not safe here, where can I find it?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: One just one more thing for that rule, not going to bed angry. For me, it's not even just about actual physical sleep at night, but it really is a kind of a principle of priority. Like this needs to be dealt with promptly and not delaying it and not mm. just kind of letting it ride out, but making it a priority that we're gonna deal with this quickly. We call it also keeping the short list mm-hmm. and short accounts. So yes. on daily, we're checking in to see how are you doing? What let's make sure we're not keeping a long list of grievances here.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't mean that our conflicts don't go over days Mm -hmm. um, because they do. And they have, I mean, even this one, we we just got through a pretty decent conflict yesterday and we, we spent our whole date night talking about Mm -hmm. our conflict and, uh, but it has been 48 hours. And, but we also didn't go to bed angry. We didn't Mm. fall asleep. Not like, really upset with each other, we, we were able to bring a point of like, okay, we still have issues to talk about, but we also realize we're really tired (laughs) and sometimes we do need to push a little pause on this because the tiredness can come into play with our emotions as well.
1: That's such an important distinction. Yeah. Yeah. There's
0: wisdom in that to be able to find a place of peace until you can visit it again. Yeah. So ours lasted a good 48 hours.
3: Just yeah. to kind of conclude that one, what's a good indicator that you're not wrathful anymore? What should you be able to do?
0: I think you should be able to hug each other. Like yeah. for me, and I don't know how this is for everyone else, but for me, if I if I feel like I don't want anything to do with him, I don't want to touch him. And so touch is a huge thing for us and, and I for him, for me too. Um it's a huge part of if we, if we could touch each other and look at each other and say, even though I'm still upset with you, I love you and that's the most important thing and we're going to get through this. Mm-hmm. If I can do that, then we're at a good place where we can fall asleep mm-hmm. and come back tomorrow and it's, it's almost like an extended grown-up timeout. Yep, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's an overnight timeout.
1: Yes, I love yes. that. That's so good. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath is not the same as... Get this all figured out 100% before right. you go to bed at 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> yes. We've tried that and that's- It usually gets worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. All right. What's rule number four? Rule number four is respect their process.
0: You want to talk about that
2: one? Yeah. Uh, what, what we mean by that is because we're so different, how we process information is different, how we see the situation is different. Sabrina and I are very similar in some areas, but she's very different, which most couples are going to be very different, very unique, their own strengths and weaknesses. Uh, I think it's good to do some of those personality tests just for the sake of understanding your spouse Mm -hmm. better because, because they're different. They need to be approached different. And so respecting the process just simply means I'm going to prefer you, which is, kind of a biblical idea, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to give you preference. And just because I, I process through conflict or communication or this is my style, I'm going to cater to you because I know that you're being impacted differently.
0: Yeah. This was a, 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 probably my biggest game changer because for us early on in our marriage, I found myself saying the same things over and over and over again. And I'd be like, I already told you. Like this hurts my feelings or or, why are you walking out? This is one of our rules. Like, why are you doing this? Or it would just be like constant things that I would say over and over again. And for me, I was, I was interpreting that as you must not care about me because if you cared about me, you would listen to what I am asking of you and you would respect me enough to follow through. And so when our counselor identified our process speeds it was such an eye-opener for me. She's like, Sabrina, you have the process speed of a super fast computer. You can take in information. This is how God wired you and made you. You can take it in. You can fix it and figure it all out in your mind, and then it can become truth to you, and you're ready to move on. You've, you're, you have you can turn on a dime and make decisions and go. Matthew isn't even a computer. He's a typewriter. And so he, he what, what's quick and easy for you does not come quick and easy for him. And so when I was able to go, oh, okay. So my interpretation of him is so wrong because he's like, of course I care for you. But he, he needed time to sit on that thing for a little bit, to weigh it out to understand how he felt Mm -hmm. and then to come back. And so when I was able to not project my process onto him and let him have his speed and him understand I'm a quick processor. And so that's why I can lawyer up really quick as well. um, When we were able to identify that and probably more for me than anything to back off the gas pedal and to slow it down, that helped us so much when it came to conflict resolution and it helped me to not be, consistently frustrated and feeling rejected because that's what I in turn saw it as frustration. You don't care and rejection. Mm -hmm. You don't love me. Mm -hmm. That's how I interpreted it. So So wrong. So good. I was just being a typewriter. I didn't know. (laughs) He
1: He was still trying to find the cue. (laughs) I love that you guys. I think it's good to think about it in terms of processing speed We've also couched it in terms of um, the way a woman functions with – she has a corpus callosum that is able to go back and forth between right brain, left brain much more quickly than a man. Yeah. And and men, uh, they stay in one side of their brain for more time and they can go front and back pretty quickly, but they're in that one spot. It's kind of like um, we, we say waffle brain and spaghetti brain. Men are in the square and they're not moving out of that square. And so you're over here going spaghetti. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, of course I love you. Where did that come from?
3: Or we're not talking about that <laughs> argument. Why why'd you bring that in? We're talking about this.
1: Yeah, That has
3: nothing yeah. to do.
2: Yeah,
1: but because of yeah. how quickly you're processing, and because you're able to go right brain, left brain, you're just like going in every direction, like spaghetti, and pulling on all these pieces and all this logic. And so, I I love how you guys couch that with processing speed. That I think it um it relates well to a lot of men and women and their differences and how they how they communicate. Very good. Yeah.
3: And what about the last one?
1: The last one is be a safe place.
2: Hmm.
0: Jimmy Evans calls this, have a good customer customer service desk, Mm. (laughs) you know, and I think we've all felt, um, I mean, I, have gone up to stores and kindly brought a complaint and we've all been there where it's received so well. And you're like, wow, that was amazing. And you walk away thinking that was an amazing experience. And then you have experiences where you go and they, they make you feel like you're the problem and Mm. you're like, hold on, this just, this was ripped or this is broken, or this is a defect in this product and I'm bringing it back to you. And, uh, and the same with our marriages, we can be that safe place, that good customer service for one another, or we can get on the defensive. So if we get our mind in that sense of I'm behind the desk and we do this a lot, like I'll tell him, Hey, babe, You're not, you're not a great customer service right now. And I need you to be, and that helps him flip his switch Mm. in his brain to go, okay. Oh yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm getting defensive and I need to get back into, I need to get back behind the desk and just listen and receive and welcome. Excellent. Um, Because when I don't feel safe, I shut down. When I don't feel safe, I don't open my heart. And when I don't feel safe, I don't get honest. And then mm-hmm. there's lots of problems that happen in marriage when you don't have all of those things
1: mm-hmm.
0: and vice versa.
3: Such wonderful. Uh, like I love that analogy. Mm-hmm. So
0: good. It's easy to get, I wish I shoes. could take credit for it, but it's all the good stuff doesn't come from <laughs> us. We just repeat it.
1: <laughs> You've curated some really good rules. I think this will be helpful to so many of our couples that are listening right now. Um, we wanted to ask you guys if you have any book recommendations for our audience. Uh, one we recently
0: read that we really enjoyed is called "The Naked Marriage" by Dave and Ashley Willis.
1: Okay, Willis.
0: Yes. Um, honestly, I felt like we we could have wrote the book. It was it's it's got a lot of these same traits in it. It's um, such a good book. Just talking not just about being physically naked, but that emotionally naked, being open and honest about everything, every fear, every struggle. Um, every concern, every hope, every dream, and having that nakedness with one another like Adam and Eve did, how God created it and intended us to have. Mm -hmm. So I would highly
1: recommend
0: their book, a fantastic one. one.
1: Okay. We will put that in the show notes so people can uh, click on the link there to get that book. Great book. Any other book recommendations?
2: Uh, There's a good book. I don't know if it's in print and it's not with fighting, but I always recommend this book to couples. It's Called uh, Hedges by Jerry B. Jenkins, and it's mm. basically how to protect your marriage, how to fair-proof your marriage, mm-hmm. and okay. a great book that we're getting in the hands of couples, and we teach on a lot because where we are in Southern California, and it's probably normal in America that uh, adultery is becoming rampant. Mm. Yep. Uh, it's constantly in my world. I'm working with couples that. That's their reality, and it's the aftermath of unfaithfulness, and a lot of that could be avoided if they just had some boundaries set up that were preemptive. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. we will try to find that one as well and link it if it's available. So, thank you so much, you guys, for those. You're book welcome. Recommendations. Thank you, guys. Before we close with our Dear Young Married Couple letter, we just want to take a moment and ask our audience if you are enjoying the podcast, please take a moment and leave a review or even just a star rating. It helps us reach many more couples and we really appreciate it. All right. On to our Dear Young Married Couple letter. So we'd like you guys to rewind to the first few years of your marriage and think about the advice that you wish you would have received and then mm-hmm. fill in the blank. Dear Young Married Couple. Dear Young Married Couple, save some
0: cookies.
2: <laughs> yeah, that'd be mine too. I, I'd say it this way, Dear Young Married Couple, don't eat all the E.L. fudge cookies.
0: <laughs> In our first few months of marriage, we were so excited to go grocery shopping. Like felt we felt like big kids, we so were like, adults yeah! now. And we bought E.L. fudge cookies. And uh, I came home from work and I was so excited to come home and have an E.L. fudge cookie. And Matthew had eaten the entire carton. <laughs> and I was like, I was so hurt. I, and, and it wasn't because and he was so confused. He's like, hey, I could go buy you more. And I'm like, that's not the point. The point is you aren't single anymore. You have someone else to consider and someone else to think mm. about. And I wanted an EL fudge cookie as well. So we laugh about that a lot. So I would say, I love it. remember you're not single. Be thoughtful about your spouse and don't eat all the cookies. So for good. <laughs> so
1: good.
3: <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for being our guest today. This was so helpful. And I think a lot of people are going to get value out of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you for having us. What an honor. We love what you
1: guys are doing. We
0: appreciate you
2: guys so much. Thank you for championing marriage.
1: Well, we appreciate you guys and your resources. And speaking of resources, um, for those who are listening, if you want to get in touch with Matthew and Sabrina, you can go to their website, mommentor.org. You can contact them at hello at mommentor.org and on Instagram at Sabrina Schlesinger. And uh, they have excellent resources. They have free devotional downloads, downloads for moms. Um, so go check that out. All right, you guys, thank you so much. We'll be in touch again soon. All right. Thanks, you guys. Bye-bye.
3: Thank you. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have just reach out give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dear young married couple.com
1: no matter where you are in the world or in your marriage we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress we also post marriage advice regularly on our instagram which is at dear young married couple and we'd love for you to join us in conversation there all right see you next week